No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Hey, everyone. Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Hey, this is Brendan from Umphreys McGee. This podcast is part of the Osiris Podcast family. 
Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting music fans with conversation, commentary, and of course, lots of music. Osiris works in partnership with Relics Magazine. Osiris. There is no way, there is no way that Darth Vader allowed cherry pie on the fucking Death Star. No way. It was Mm -hmm. just for him. No. Yes. If Darth Vader ate pie, it was like What do you do after a long day of conquering, like, the universe? Go back and get cherry pie. No. Mm -mm. A la mode. (sighs) Just for himself as he sits there and laughs. He ate, like, bowls of spikes. Oh, no, he's yep. a gentle, kind soul. You think? Yeah. Deep After down. All, got back to his room, took his helmet off. He's like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Put his feet in one of those foot massage pie. bath things. And like, robot. yeah, had a robot there. And then he's like, time for a piece of cherry pie. <sighs> I don't think so. Yeah. Melanie, weigh in on Darth Vader and cherry pie. He loves cherry pie. He likes Hagen Daz vanilla ice cream to the side and um, to the side. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) You got to pull the ice cream over to the left with the cherry pie. Darth Vader absolutely does not let his food touch. (laughs) Absolutely not. Okay. All right. Well, now that we've got all that straight, here hit the Death Star cherry pie. There ain't shit to hit, so I'm gonna pass. Okay. I'm handing Mel a cash bowl. That's bad form. I didn't do it. Hey, now. No Simple Road family. Welcome back. Hi, everybody. It's me and Mel and Apple and Ryder and Darwin's here. Say hi, Darwin. What are you doing? I'm rolling in tooth. So a bird shit in our driveway and Darwin has made it his mission this morning to lay down kind of sideways with his butt in the air and mash his shoulder into the bird shit. I don't have shoulders down. He does too. Look, his shoulder's right here. Okay. (laughs) Fuck off. Bye. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. This week's episode is Greg Carlwood and wow. Help us out, Apple. This was just an incredibly good interview. Uh, he hosts THC, Higher Side Chats, which is an incredible podcast. He's been going for years now. Yeah, he's been at it, what do you say, 10 years? Something like that. And, Nine? and he's just amazing. He's You guys got to listen to him. You'll hear him on the interview. But his show, he's just very engaging. It's very educational. <laughs> You learn a lot. I've learned how to control my allergies through listening to his show. I know. Like, who would have thought that doing a couple little simple things like taking magnesium and vitamin C powder and switching the kind of milk that you drink would clear up your allergies? A2 milk. We talk about it later. Get A2 milk. For real. Like, we ran out and I can't. Drink cereal now. Like, I put it in my coffee and I'm already. No, it's not good. Yeah, look at you. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. And if you don't know what the Higher Side Chats is, it's. Well. Conspiracy Theory Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He would say that. It is a conspiracy theory podcast. I mean, 
it like really like not even like it's almost a conspiracy th- it's for it's for sure real a, yeah. like mm-hmm. heavy but, conspiracy theory but not your not like a lot of them that are out there where it's just like all it's hectic not negative. And, stuff. and he's not a wing nut at no, all no and he has very very educated guests most of the time on there that are yeah like doctors and PhDs and Nobel Prize winners. And, and he single-handedly made Apple almost as paranoid as <laughs> he, he made it listenable. Okay, yeah. Apple, I want you to tell the listeners about your experience listening to Greg's podcast. So, what did you say to me this week about your listening habits? Um, That you... What? You were like, I can't listen to too much of this oh yeah it gets it gets overwhelming you have to let it kind of digest and because i was i got on a kick of listening to three four of them a day at work and and that's a lot to take download yeah (laughs) there's a lot of information in there yeah a lot and the way he conducts interviews too he has people on there he doesn't necessarily agree with he's like equal opportunity (laughs) Let's people on there tell their thing and then gives his rap at the end, which is always awesome. Mm-hmm. He is the, be- the king of, of intros and yeah, outros, gonna, dude. Yeah, best intros on the podcast game. Best his <laughs> theme songs, everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of theme songs. Ooh. Before we get to ours, can I... I don't know if you know this and I didn't ask him while it was on the show. Does he have someone make his... His listeners. His listeners send yeah, them in? Because it's different, like, in. every two or three episodes. Yeah. I don't think it's something that he asked for. I think it's just something that people have been doing for him. Weird. It's fucking rad. And speaking of that, <gasps> the Higgs, man, John Lavero and that whole crew, those guys were so kind and so awesome. So I don't know if I did it while the mics were still on or not, but... um no, you did not. Did not. I didn't. I asked John to write us a jingle, and they fucking did. They delivered, and that's what you guys heard at the beginning of the show, that funky, groovy 15-second jam. No simple road. Yeah, <laughs> and he sent it to us. We all listened to it. We were like, fuck yeah, and I sent him a text back, and I was like, that's awesome, man. We all want the 45-minute Tahoe tweezer version of it. We want to hear that thing stretched out for an hour. So, yeah. The Higgs and John, you guys are awesome. And if you guys out there haven't listened to that episode or you don't know who the Higgs are, go check them out. H I G G S, wherever you stream or download or whatever you do with music thing. The Higgs. Yeah, I appreciate that funky, groovy, like. The second it comes on, you just want to, you know, bob your neck side to side, get the shoulder moving. So, John, thanks for that funky groove. Yep. And the guys. Yeah, guys. Thank you. And at the end of the show, you guys have been hearing it for the past two or three weeks now. The other one that uh, Children of Indigo did for us, too. That we did not ask. That we didn't even ask for that one. That fucking rad too like if you guys haven't checked them out or that episode go listen to that it's children with two l's like chilling out children of indigo and they're fucking amazing and really hooked us up so you'll hear that at the end of the show 
So, yeah, before we get to the actual <laughs> interview, cough it out, Ryder. Uh, no, Do it. Yeah, get it out. Go. Do it again. It. Let everybody hear it. Death Star Cherry Pie Cough. Mm-hmm. I just want everybody <laughs> to know it really feels like a winter day as we're podcasting on the porch like, right we've now. We've got beanies on. I'm wearing uh-huh. a scarf. I'm jackets. wearing two jackets. I've got a robe, a hoodie, <laughs> and my work clothes on. Who Like, you guys are out there, and I've seen pictures at some of the Dead & Company shows. Like, it's fucking hot out there in the country. And I was thinking the other day, like... When June would start, when we were living in Vegas, like when June would start, I would start to panic. Like, oh my God, here goes summer. It's going to be 110 every day. It's like June 10th right now. It's like 50 something degrees and blustery. I love living here. Listen to the wind, guys. Come on. Good good call. It is 50 degrees and bustling. See? See? I know my weather. Whatever. It is going to heat up to 56 today, though. Oh, fuck. Never mind that. Everybody's super interested in our weather reports. I'm sure that they're just hanging on our every word right Isn't now. Isn't the Pacific Northwest, like, famous for its weather? I, All I know is this place has, like, manic weather. It can snow, hail, be 100 degrees, and have a tornado all in an hour. What, Apple? Speak. I was going to tell you, I can also tell you that there's a south southwest wind at 11 miles Yeah, what's an hour. the barometer? It feels like 45 degrees, <laughs> and there's 30.1 <laughs> on pressure. So follow it's us like, on Instagram humidity. at No Simple Road. 82% humidity Follow today. us on Facebook at No Simple Road. Go to www.nosimpleroad.com. 40% for, chance of rain. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> For information about the show, past episodes, new episodes, and you can go to the family tab there. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter. And Melanie just asked me a minute ago how often I'm doing the newsletter. And like I said when I started, I'm not going to blow up your inbox with bullshit. Um, I just do it when I feel like it. There's no schedule to it. And it's kind of how you can get into the inner workings of the show. Uh, along with that is hashtagging your posts. That's how we could see what's going on with each other. And, you know, if you're out there at Dead & Company or another show, take a picture of yourself. Hashtag No Simple Road. Hashtag Found Family. And those will show up on the family tab at nosimpleroad.com. And, you know, it's like, I think, the most recent 20. So, yeah, get up there and go check yourselves out. It's kind of cool. Um, you know, I haven't been talking about this lately, but because I forget, but one of the most important ways you can help No Simple Road is after I say this, don't do it now, but hit pause because 98% of you are listening on Apple Podcasts. So hit pause and go down and leave a five star review for the show. You don't actually have to type out words, you can just hit the five star thing and then continue on with your day um but if you want to leave words that's cool we're into that 
we sit around at night and read them when they come through? Well, the other night we sat down and I started reading a couple of them, and I guess it had been a while that we'd any of us had checked it. So I was reading them, and they're freaking rad. Thank you so much. Yeah, like it's really encouraging. <laughs> yeah, it is encouraging. Like usually when we read the posts, we're reading the ones that Aaron gets like um, emailed either through Instagram or the website. But like I said, we haven't taken a chance um, in a while to read the ones at. Um, um, the um, where Apple, Apple podcasts. podcasts and um, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I wanted to shout out those that couple that sings, but I forgot their Delaney Delaney, Delaney. and Company. Yeah, yeah, you guys are really awesome, and you left a really beautiful review on there. So thank you for Thanks, that. Thanks, you guys. And if you guys out there haven't checked them out, go on Instagram and check out Delaney and Company. I think it's D U L A N E Y. And company they're amazing it's a, mm-hmm. a couple that plays music together and i don't know you guys she has the voice of an angel and he inspired me to start playing and singing and playing music again and they're just awesome so yeah go check them out and also i'm just gonna i, I did this before everybody just hang on shop tour bus if you guys haven't checked them out on instagram go check them out hands down my favorite um, packaging for lot shirts and whatnot, guys. Um, go over to Shop Tour Bus and check it out. You, every box is hand designed. They send a tape, a bootleg tape, a pencil to spool it with, free stickers, fucking candy, a picture, and whatever you ordered. Of, and a bunch of, yeah, little doodads and yeah. whatnots and hoo hahs. It's, it's the coolest thing. And Curios those guys are and awesome. Trinkets. Curios and trinkets. What's Chotchkeys. the other? Chotchkeys. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Apple. Chotchkeys. Chotchkeys. So, yeah. Shop tour bus, Delaney and Company. Are we missing anybody? Guys. Bones Coffee Company. Yeah. These are all non sponsors, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, like, Bones Coffee. Bones Coffee Company. I remembered just now. I'm drinking this maple bacon flavored coffee, and it's fucking right. And they also have one that tastes like goddamn Fruity Pebbles. What about that beard stuff that you bought? <laughs> We're gonna go through all this shit that we did lately. Yeah. And the Wolfman beard balm did stuff. Did I say shit? I didn't mean to say It's shit. not shit. That's yeah, not probably shit. the best beard balm it. I've had. It made my beard super soft. So, Wolfman Whiskers. That's it. There you go. Sorry. Wolfman Whiskers on Instagram. Um, yeah, so that's that. But my point in all that before we went off on shouting out a whole bunch of businesses on Instagram was five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So you're all listening 98%, like I said, on Apple Podcasts. So you just hit pause, scroll down, and there's a little thing for reviews, and you just hit the five star and submit, and on you go. And what that does is with Apple's algorithm and wizardry that they do, somehow that ranks the show. And the Apple, more, how do you do that? I'm a wizard. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Look at him with that beard. I'm an Apple genius. There you go. <laughs> it does something and puts the show up in their algorithm, and it lets more people find out about the show. When people search Grateful Dead podcasts, it makes us come up on that first page. So if you want to do something to help out the show that doesn't cost any money, that's the way to do it. Five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So you can hit pause now and do that and we'll wait. We're waiting. We wait. Did you do it yet? Are you done? Okay. How about Thank now? You. Now? Did you do it? 
Well, okay. they would have immediately done it because that's how pause works. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Ryder. So thanks for doing that, guys. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's how you keep the train rolling down the Apple podcast track. Now, the one other thing that everybody needs to know about patreon.com forward slash no simple road. I spend time in my day thinking about ways to like say this so it makes sense and it's not boring every time we do a podcast. But let me just say at the end of the month when Patreon pays out, it's the fucking coolest feeling to know that people are out there digging what we're doing enough to give digital ones and zeros to us. Like they're taking the time and going that extra step to support No Simple Road, to make sure that we can keep doing the show and that we have freedom to do it. And, I mean, I don't know how long you've been listening, dear listener that's out there right now, but the goal is for all of us to be doing this full-time. And that's how you help us get there. So we're doing our part, and we're asking you guys as family to do the same. I mean, if you give a buck a month, that's like a quarter a show. So... Just say it. And it's cute. And it's cute. Ooh, somebody didn't turn off their ringer. Melanie busted. You have to sing I'm a Little Teapot. Okay. Hello? So there it goes. We lost Mel. What do we do? I don't know. Apple's going to hawk into the microphone. (laughs) Great. I'm sure they're enjoying that. Do it again for us, Apple. All right. Um... I don't know, what was I saying before the phone rang? And Patreon. Patreon. I don't know, I thought you paused it, that's why I hacked. What? I, I don't ever pause, and or when I do, I don't tell you because I'm trying to keep you sharp. Sharp. Yeah, you are. Look at you. Like a like a blade, like a razor. Sharp there. as a wet washcloth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... What I was saying is on Patreon, we have started doing porch talks and those are for Patreon subscribers only. And they're coming out about once a week. We spend about a half an hour to an hour out here on the porch during the week. Um, There's no guests on the porch talks, but uh, from the feedback I've been getting, people have been digging it. So if you want to go deeper with the show and, you know, it's kind of your way to get more involved and be backstage, so to speak, with No Simple Road, that's how you do it. So, yeah, sign up on Patreon.com forward slash No Simple Road. You can give as little as a buck a month and all the way up to a billion dollars a month. If if somebody did that, one. Please, dude. just one. You only have to do it once. Yep. You would really only Chando have to do it Nader. once. Always will be as, as much, much as, as you can, can be. Yep. For sure. And we're going to get stickers made of that. And speaking of stickers, they're available at nosimpleroad.com on the merch tab. And we just got um, pins done of the Wicked Awesome Skull logo. And we're getting shirts made of the Hair of the Wolf and logo. And on the front, they're nice pocket tees. And they're like ivory colored. And on the front, on the pocket, it says on the bus. That was Mel's idea because she's brilliant. On the bus. As opposed to hanging onto the side of the bus or riding on the roof of the bus or hanging out in the trunk on the bus. You're actually on the bus. bus. Like you walked on the door up the little steps and sat down on a seat or laid down in a bed because these are on top of the bus. You are still technically on the bus. That's literally on the bus. bus. You're more on the bus than anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) But then if you're off the bus, you're dead. 
If you're like standing on the bumper, hugging the bus like a bumper survive. sticker, then you're on the That's bus. That's cool. Too. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys it's are like true. plastered to the bus. Okay. Is that how you ride the bus, Apple? Like plastered to the it's back the and they hang way. out on the sides? Yeah. Right on. So, yeah, that's all the fun business stuff. And if you're fast forwarding, this is the point where you go, oh, they're almost done. They're getting to the interview. Yeah. Um, just kidding, though. No, I'm just joking. So, yeah, Greg Carlwood, everybody. You're going to enjoy this. And if you haven't listened to THC, you should go check him out. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else for me to add because it's all going to be added in yeah. about 10 seconds. Yep. Yeah. So, without any further ado, the man with the plan, he can bust a handstand on American Bandstand. You know what? It's your fucking move, Greg. Oh, Greg Carlwood. Hey, hey. Yay. Hey. <laughs> What's going on, What's Greg? Happening? How you doing, man? Can't complain. How are you guys? I'm good, man. Sorry about that. That was weird. Like when I put it in higher side chats in there, it was just coming up with a bunch of bots. Ah, oh, weird. It's a, cons- <laughs> it's a conspiracy. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, man. I'm Aaron. Hey. Hey, there's there's four of us out here. I got, okay, cool. I got, I got Melanie sitting with me. Hey, man. What's up? Hey. hey. And this is Apple, a good friend of Aaron and Melanie's, and we all live here in our little bear mansion together. <laughs> and I'm Ryder. Cool. Right on, brother. And Ryder is Aaron's nephew. We're yeah. all like family here. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, we decided to break away from Las Vegas and move up to Portland and see what the trees looked like instead of living mm. in the desert. So I love it up there. Hey, man, I... Honestly, I've been listening to your show, good geez, since we lived in Vegas. We've been up here for going on two years now, and uh, I just wanted to talk to you, man. Like, uh, our thing with our show, I don't have a list of questions for you, really. I mean, I I did write down some stuff, but I just wanted to get to know you because, you know, we're in the same world, and uh, I really love what you're doing with your show, brother. It's it's fucking amazing, like, the, (laughs) the breadth of guests and the topics that you cover are so varied and awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. I mean, I really just try to go after what I think is interesting or the researchers that I think have interesting stuff to present and then largely stay out of their way or just bring them back to the most interesting points of their work, at least from my perspective. And, you know, it's not about crafting a singular narrative either. Sometimes people will come down on me really hard about one show or another and like, the show has changed, it's a psyop now. And it's like, look, dude, I'm just finding alternative people, letting them make their case. If we have five guests who make the case that Crowley was a Satanist child fucker, well, maybe <laughs> that we have one guy who says, you know, actually, that's overblown. And Crowley was just an explorer of the esoteric and maybe an egomaniac, but not necessarily the worst person on the planet and you know like let's let ideas fight themselves out in the ring you know and see what reigns supreme it's just like maybe we have been wrong about crowley maybe not but like let's right. hear from a guy who thinks we have like let's let the ideas speak for themselves it's it's kind of weird that people think that there should be a singular narrative to all episodes and they should all lead you to one point i mean that's that's what 
CNN does. That's what MSNBC and Fox News do. That's not what I'm trying to do. Right. It, what was the like? How long have you been at it? Probably like seven years, I would say. Damn, man. Maybe eight. And I try to count it with like 2018 is eight years, 2019, nine years. It's easier for me to remember. <laughs> right. Like, what was the the impetus of the show for you? Like, when you first started Higher Side Chats, what were you, like, setting out to do? Well, really, I was setting out to just free myself from the shackles of a shitty job that didn't pay well. I mean, <laughs> I kind of boxed myself in to retail management. I had worked at Sunglass Hut, Express. I had managed a great American cookies. And finally, I was managing a GameStop. And... You know, when your resume is corporate retail management, there's really nowhere to pivot. And corporate retail management is a bottomless pit that it's never going to pay you enough to really survive. So I always wanted to do something in entertainment or be my own boss. I mean, whatever. I thought it was going to be stand up comedy for a while. And then I realized, you know, hey, man, you're 30. You should have started this 20 years ago. (laughs) ago. You know, it's way too late in the game. And so I just was like, well, podcasting is pretty new, and I really like Coast to Coast AM and Alex Jones, but I don't think either one of them does it 100%, but these are the best platforms at the time. So it started with comedians, and eventually I got it right, interviewing researchers. And at that point, I just called the show uh, uh, Boulder Coast to Coast, hosted by a more mellow Alex Jones. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to go deeper than Coast to Coast goes, and I'm trying to be a little calmer than that crazy Alex Jones dude. And the rest is history. Man, I mean, when you look at, like, the list of guests that you've had on the show, it's fucking amazing. And like you said, like, you'll have, like, uh, you know, a guy that talks about the alien agenda and then you know the next week it's about magic and the week after that it's about fixing your gut biome and Mm. is that all stuff that like in your personal life you're into and finding out about or are you just looking for the hot button topics on you know what's going on in the conspiracy world i would say it's a little bit of a blend of both also another factor now is that i'm on the radar of a lot of publishers so a lot of publishers just send me the books that are coming out that are kind of related to the stuff we talk about. So those are nice too, because then I don't have to do a lot of digging and work. It's like half done for me. And a lot of times you go, yeah. And like, if you dig into a guest, you're like, Oh, I've spent six hours digesting this guy's work. I'd love to have him on the show. And then he doesn't get back to you kind of feels like wasted time to a degree. So, you know, when a publisher gets at you, you're like, Oh, I know I can get this guy. So when I read his book and I, you know, it's not, Uh, There's nothing to guess about. You know, I know it's going to kind of flow right. But I mean, yeah, there are things that I'm interested in and some of it is trendy. I remember Jade Helm was a big buzzword. And yeah, I went down that rabbit hole a little bit. But looking back, it's like I'm actually going to try to not do that as much or not do that again, because I think sometimes conspiracy shows get caught in a cycle of like, What's the trend? And then they blow it up and make it seem like the end of the world is coming. And right. then it turns to be basically nothing. So, like, that happens. I, I'll admit it's happened for me, too. But I don't – I mean, I try to always be like, look, this is just what some people are saying. So you don't have to think it's the end of the world. I'm not telling you it's the end of the world. But I'm telling you to keep an eye on it. Right. And yeah. That's kind of the best approach, I guess. Well, I guess, like, for me – I don't know. I – I'm into psychedelics and we're deadheads and all that. And, and 
conspiracy and that world are go hand in hand. Like when you start opening up your mind to other options other than default reality, that, that stuff is out there and Mm -hmm. you can start going down the rabbit hole. And I don't know, personally for me, like I've found, I have to be careful how much I digest Mm -hmm. because I start driving myself fucking crazy. He'll drive us crazy too. He does, man. Yeah. I drive them nuts too. (laughs) But, but do you find that like, it starts taking over for you because I can't imagine doing a show solely on all that stuff. I would, I would say there was a time where it did maybe back in the early college years, it was like a real obsession. And now I guess I just think of it as like a lot of people, I would say, pay attention to conventional politics and conventional world events and they don't obsess over it. It's just a pillar of what they do throughout their day. It's what they uh, try to stay abreast on. And I would say what I do isn't much different. It's just the real story or what I think is closer to the real story than mainstream politics. So I cover it. I check in on it. But I think if you get obsessed with it, then it's almost like uh, it starts to become a negative in your life or it can be. I've seen people go down to the degree of like walking away from a mortgage or just saying, you know, because fractional reserve banking is such a scam, I'm going to extract myself from the system entirely. And some people do do that and it does work out, but it's also a very tough road to go down because the whole world is the system. So if you're out of it, I mean, you're going to cut yourself off from friends and family. You're going to cut yourself off from experiences because you can't go out to a brunch with a bunch of friends. Like, it's a it's a massive sacrifice, and it may be the right one to make. I mean, hey, to each their own. Yeah, I definitely try not to get obsessed with it. People often ask me, "Well, is it depressing to you?" I'm like, "No. What's depressing is standing next to a goddamn cash register for nine hours a day." Yeah, no <laughs> shit, right? Like, I'm fine now. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's what we're doing here too. Like, I, I currently am still in the world in that whole scene of corporate America and. Mm-hmm. Being 46 years old, like I never really knew what I wanted to do with my life. I, I'm a creative person. I play music. I draw. I write. I, you know, all this stuff. But I never gotten to the point where I could put it all together and make it work. And when we started doing this show, like I was like, oh shit, I'm finally figuring out what I want to do with my life. And I, you know, I had seen people doing it like you and and Rogan and and Duncan and seeing that it's possible, but. It, I don't know. There's a weird thing in my head, at least, where I was like, well, who am I to say anything? You know, who's going to mm-hmm. listen to me? And then I have I s- that same attitude. And that's why my name is not in the name of the, uh, my name is not in the title of the show. And my show is like 80 percent about the guests because I was like, who cares about this college dropout who wants to get out of retail management? Let's yeah. put these people up on a pedestal. Totally. And that's really cool. I love your <laughs> attitude about that, because that's that's like. A fuck you to the to that world out there like you know what i don't need to have my name in lights but i can still enjoy all everything else that comes along with it right and it's just i was always trying to think like if i want to have success let's look at this from the perspective of a listener because i was a listener for the last several years before the show started of all this kind of media and i just thought what are they doing wrong well so many hosts just talk about themselves and you know they try to bring the guests work to their worldview rather than let the guests describe their own worldview. And I just always hated that because I was like, I want to hear, like, I'm trying to listen to what Graham Hancock has to say, George Norrie. Stop bringing it back 
to angels and God. Like, I just don't care. Um, whatever, yeah. you know, everybody has their own thing, but it's like, don't make it about your thing. Let them get onto their own thing. Yeah, that was, and that was one of the things that attracted me to your show as opposed to other podcasts was that, and I said this to Apple today or yesterday, I was like, last night, yeah, listening to when you, you listen to him and you, and you do interviews, like you just let the guests go. You're not really commenting. Like you'll let the, the guests go on this huge diatribe about how lizard people are controlling the government. And then when, when they're done making their point, you're like, yeah. So anyway, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I appreciate that as a listener to the show, like you're, you're not injecting your viewpoint into that person's perspective. All right. I mean, I don't know. I obviously don't know. And I obviously think these things are interesting or they wouldn't be on my show. And the end of the show is when I have, all the time in the world to talk about how I feel about the episode that just came, but I'm not going to use the two hours where the guest is on the line with me to tell them how I feel like it's just a waste of their time sometimes. So that's, yeah, I'm glad you like that. Aspect. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's one of the most attractive things about the show. And also, like I said, the dis not disparity, but the variety of guests that you get is, is really cool. And, you know, I, <laughs> I I wonder like at least for me after starting doing this show like my goal in doing this was digging into the psychedelic experience and music and mm. like it it had made such an impact on my life and who I am and there's a lot in that world you know what I mean there's a lot to that space and I some of it is really hard to figure out and and Articulate. Articulate. Yeah, that's thank you. Yeah. And by talking to all these people and doing interviews and, and whatever, I'm starting to like get a clearer picture of what happened to me personally in the mm -hmm. past. You know what I'm saying? So like over all the time of doing your thing has a clearer picture of what's going on out there started happening for you. Man, it's really like it happens in levels because sometimes you think that you got a handle on something and then you pull on a different thread and you're like, whoa, maybe I was wrong. And I do think that you end up less sure than more sure on a lot of things. And that, that goes to that old saying that a smart man knows he knows nothing and a fool thinks they know everything. <laughs> it's like the more you learn, the more you realize, wow, there's a lot of nuance here and I might not be able to unpack it all. But you just go with the thread that feels right. And that's interesting. You know, you guys are about music and psychedelics because that also was majorly impactful in me. I was never into the dead necessarily, but psychedelics for sure. And you learn that there's some sketchy stuff going on there potentially with Gordon Wasson and maybe some connections to the CIA. And, you know, some researchers go down that and they say, okay, because the CIA has been involved in psychedelics, because the CIA, CIA might have used certain musical groups to inject psychedelics into a subculture, that means they have no value. And that is where I get off because uh, I think they're wrong. You know, I think the CIA has used these things as tools, but I think when they didn't work out the way they wanted them to, they pulled the plug. And that's why they're illegal today after the 60s. So they put it out there to test it. Everybody became anti-authoritarian, anti-war, started protesting. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoops. We just, we just wanted you all to be, uh, you know, we just wanted you to rot your brains and sit around drum circles. We didn't want you to actually, like, 
start caring about the world. <laughs> Let's uh, reel this back. And yeah. so I think that's what happened. So it is interesting that there are some military intelligence ties to that music scene, especially in the 60s era. But I don't think it means the whole thing is valueless. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I heard a interview with Jerry Garcia from back in the day, and it was him and Ken Kesey. And they're, they're not shy about saying that they were involved in government experiments. They never lied about that or said, hey, we weren't involved. But, mm. but Garcia said, yeah, the government asked us to go in and look at this room. And we went in and looked in the room and came out and told them what was in there. And when we came out, they said, don't let anybody else in that room. Hmm. You wow. know, I, yeah. And so I, I, I don't think there's a question of if it was a um, if it really happened or, or any of that. I think that for sure, like you said, that the CIA was involved and and whatnot. I think it's exactly what you said, though, that once they realized that they had opened like a Pandora's box and it's like the thing that they were looking to use as a control mechanism became the thing that was actually freeing people's minds. They're like, Oh shit. Now we need to make this shit illegal. Uh huh. I a hundred percent agree. And it's also like when certain researchers are trying to analyze, is a person dirty or did they have good intentions? You know, one of the most classic issues I've had on THC is with Jan Irvin. We got into a fight about Terrence McKenna because he, thinks Terrence McKenna is an agent because of something he said jokingly to a crowd. Terrence McKenna joked all the time. So I think you need a little more evidence than that. Show me a pay stub with his name on it. It says paid by the CIA, something more than a joke for Christ's sake. But the point is, even if a person like even Gordon Wasson, let's say he's a lot more connected. I never discount the power of psychedelics. A person can be an agent built from the ground up to work for the CIA to subvert culture and deceive people and they take mushrooms one time and maybe their whole worldview changes and now they realize they didn't want to be doing that you know i just think psychedelics are so fucking powerful that even the worst people sometimes potentially when they take them they'll look at their lives and be like oh my god i've been working for the wrong team you know i'm on team people now Mm -hmm. and maybe they try to inject some some knowledge into the deception. I mean, I don't know. It's a tangled web and you can't fault a person for not wanting to put their life on the line or if they're going down a certain road, not being able to get off of it. But maybe there is some some wisdom or maybe they're trying to do the best they can. Psychedelics are just so powerful that I I never discount anyone as being totally a shill if they're involved in that culture and taking them regularly. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, obviously you've done it and I think that that narrative talking about like, well, you know, the, the Grateful Dead was, you know, a social engineering platform for LSD or whatever that comes from people that have never done it. Like if you, if, cause I know personally, if I look at it from the outside, sure, it can fucking look like that. You know what I mean? I can totally see how you could fit those pieces together and make that, that thing look like that but I, i'll tell you what when you're on the inside of it and you're there there's no fucking way man but what if it's both that's what i think you know because we have these different timelines in time and space like what if it is a freaking operation for the people that were in the caa a long time ago wiggled their way in and their influence after maybe taking these psychedelics and plotted the Grateful Dead in there to be <laughs> loving and peaceful. And that's like we've got the, the you know, yin CIA agents and the yang CIA agents uh, working at the same that. time. 
Yeah, it's very much possible. Like the name of the show says, there is no simple road. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so, Greg, I just, I just want to know, like, how um, you said that they're so powerful. So how did you feel that power in your experiences with psychedelics? Uh, well, I was a I would say that mushrooms, marijuana, obviously, is what we all get into first. And that definitely opened some doors. And then I really got into from comedy guys like Bill Hicks and George Carlin and they made references to doing mushrooms and gaining more insight so I was like well I love what these guys are saying they're blowing my mind all the time so maybe I'll try that out and mushrooms were great they definitely it's after that I felt like I I cannot work in the corporate world for some boss I can't do it I'm gonna have to find another path and that's a scary place to be when you don't have that path forged out yet but Salvia, you know, the day I did Salvia, I woke up that day and I was a material atheist. I thought when you die, you die and that's it. I did Salvia and I came back completely changed. I was transported. I communicated with entities. I felt I was definitely out of body and felt like it was the natural state. I was like, oh, this isn't that weird. I've done this before. And you know, maybe that's all in your head, but the feelings are the feelings and I got to go with them. I mean, it was very potent. There was no question about how I was feeling. And so that's a pretty mind blowing thing for Salvia to open that gateway. I mean, that's a huge paradigm change in a person's life. And then later I did LSD only once. And, uh, we were in big Sur on a bus doing a tour for a movie that was out. And, uh, I was up later than anyone trying to <laughs> come down from this stuff. And I made I, I focused on a particular star in the night sky as like a like so I could keep the room from spinning and everything. And I ended up having this weird mind to mind connection with this star where the star showed me a preview of uh, of its whole life cycle Holy and planets shit. rising and falling and civilizations. It's like, oh, there was a civilization here for a few thousand years. Then it went away. And then I burned a little brighter and then I had this thing come over and it was like, you know, just in a matter of minutes. And then I kind of did the same thing like explain my life and this star was like oh that's really cool like i've always wondered what uh chocolate tastes like and what (laughs) sex is like and so that's pretty cool and uh it was just a weird thing because i was like down to this the star i'm like oh you know you don't care you don't care about what a regular life is like no i do care and i do think it's all about scale i think uh consciousness permeates out of everything and there's definitely a scale to things yeah we're superior to insects but if you could communicate with an insect wouldn't you be interested to hear what its life was like i mean yeah that's kind of i think a weird thing to talk about but i felt like i had that connection with this star and uh you know it's kind of what the ancients were doing really is tripping out and communicating with the stars so I, i mean psychedelics have done amazing things for me they've all pivoted me away from conventional reality at a really important time in an important way you know uh Ecstasy isn't really a psychedelic, but if it wasn't for ecstasy, I wouldn't probably be married to the woman I'm married to. So all these compounds, I think, have unequivocally helped my life, and it's created the situation where I have the career and the life partner I have and the worldview I have, and there's really nothing else I can look at to thank as much as psychedelic compounds. It's just the way it is. Wow. 
that's Dang. that's pretty strong, man. That's yeah. That's, yeah that was, you definitely describe the power of psychedelics, and that is a huge stamp <laughs> at the end of a freaking sentence, man. <laughs> you know, you talked about MDMA, ecstasy, and your partner and you like for Melanie and I, and I've said this, I don't, I think I might've said this on the show before. Like we've been married for 20 years Mm. and without MDMA, I don't think we would be where we're at right now interpersonally for, I know we wouldn't for us. I think initially first it was cannabis. Um, Cannabis literally healed our relationship that was hanging on by a thread at one point. And after cannabis, like it was funny, you were, we all say, um, laugh mockingly. Uh, pot is not a gateway drug, but it kind of is. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, it kind of it's opens a gateway up. gateway to better things. Yeah. Who cares where the I gate like, is? I like doorway. You said doorway <laughs> earlier, and I, I gateway, think doorway's doorway is Yeah, whatever it is, but it definitely softens you up from that exterior shell and makes you realize, oh, there's other things more than this. You know, it took the chip off of my shoulder in order for me to communicate. Um you said something interesting too, like stars communicating with stars. And I think that's what we're doing right this very second, mm-hmm. you know, like get, getting a peek into your world and, and hearing about the amazing transformations that you've made in your life in order to bring these amazing stories, which we all love to hear from other stars all around the world about what's going on in their life. That's pretty awesome, man. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Of course, of course. You know, one of the things that I've noticed after starting the show, we've been at it for almost a year. And I've noticed that it's like transforming all of us. Like by doing this thing and putting ourselves out there in the way that we are and, you know, saying, yes, we're for psychedelics. And we talk about it openly on the show, like, We'll go to a concert and take psychedelics and then come report back afterwards. It's kind of one of the things that we do about our night. And, you know, at first it was fucking scary, Greg, like mm-hmm. getting I put out the first episode and I'm at the grocery <laughs> store afterwards and I'm like having an anxiety attack. Like, holy shit, it's out there. Like sharing my people, people are in my life. And now, like, like I said, it's been almost a year and it's growing and it's a presence this this thing is a presence in our lives and it's changing all of us and we live more openly honestly and healthy because of this yeah and mm-hmm. i'm curious man i was thinking about it last night as i was like kind of falling asleep doing the type of show that you do you're open to a lot of different viewpoints and and energy and and all of that like i don't know just as an example i rem- i think it was your show there was one guy that was like talking about like witchcraft and the language of witchcraft and music and then you know uh, two days later they're talking you're talking about the gut biome and then like you know yeah. uh, uh, there there's a lot of different stuff coming into your world like have you noticed weird shit happening behind the show? Like you get strange emails from people or anything like that? <laughs> well, I, I do get strange emails, no doubt. Uh, but uh, I actually feel like for the most part, I've been pretty undisturbed. And I know that there's a lot of conspiracy hosts who like to kind of build drama or suspense or excitement by kind of 
playing up this idea that they're being messed with or they can't get their phone connection to work right. And it's not because they don't have a high enough tier internet. It's because the CIA is tapping their line. It's like, come on. Sometimes it's just ridiculous. And I don't ever like to play that card. I, I have had DDoS attacks. I have had some things happen to the website and the server. Uh, when I was on Chris Jericho, the wrestler's show, right after that, I was going to Armenia with Graham Hancock. And so I'm out of the country. I'm in a place where I don't really have signal. And I'm getting these messages, hey, your website's down. I'm like, this is the worst thing in the world. I just did the biggest media appearance I've ever done. I'm out of the country for two weeks and my website's down. So things like that have sucked. But nothing's ever really completely derailed me. I've never really gotten uh, anything that sounded like a threat in any regard. Yeah. So I'm not super concerned. And um, good. The only thing that's going on right now, of course, it's happening to a lot of people is YouTube. YouTube has decided that they want to censor voices that are talking about conspiratorial things, largely about school shootings. So I woke up one day and found that my episode from three years ago with Sophia Smallstorm has caused a copyright strike for bullying and harassment. For what? uh, I I don't know. You tell me who was bullied. Like, let me talk to this bullied and harassed person and I'll I'll probably work it out with them. But again, there really is no one there that's been bullied. It's just YouTube saying this is how they're labeling it and they want it gone. And uh, so that's one copyright strike. And then shortly after... And at that point, I knew, okay, the writing's on the wall. I don't even have to upload new shows. There's no way for me to get out of this. I've got an archive you can ban, and then I'm gone. Like, I can't – so it's like when you have a copyright strike, you would traditionally want to think, okay, well, what can I do differently? Yeah. You know, but I knew there was – I didn't have to do anything because the archive was enough to ban me. So, again, a second show about Sandy Hook with Wolfgang Halbig, a guy who was actually in charge of school safety protocol – on a national level and a police officer. I heard I heard he, the show. Fair. Yeah, he said something was off with Sandy Hook. That's a guy I'd probably want to listen to. And again, that show got me banned. So now there's two copyright strikes, which means you're banned for two weeks from uploading new shows. Not the end of the world, but I keep waking up and they'll they'll send me a notification about the same shows that have been banned. And it's like they're pushing the date back further and oh. further. Because you can see on there when you're going to be allowed to post again. And then they're flagging the same shows, pushes it down the line. So the only thing that's really frustrating, because YouTube is a small part of my audience. It's not a big deal, but it is 50,000 subscribers that I can't communicate with. It's not like you can send them an email. It's not like you can in any way say, hey, guys, I know you like my show, but let me tell you what's going on. I can't. I've been muted. So unless those people decide to go to the website and find out that there are new episodes up, I can't tell them. And that's frustrating because some people are attached to a certain platform and they don't go and do that due diligence to find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. So when the show does come back, I think what I'm going to do is upload things that look like the new episodes, but it's just going to be me talking saying, Hey, there is no episode here. Sorry to bait and switch you, but you're going to have to go to the website because I, this is the only way I can tell you. And there aren't going to be new shows here, but they're just going to look like new shows. And hopefully people will get frustrated into just saying, fuck YouTube altogether. So there's like nothing that you can do to appeal or nothing, no recourse on on your end as a creator to say, hey, that's bullshit. Well, there's a button you can press. It says appeal, but it doesn't do anything. <laughs> what? The you know, fuck, they just man. they just don't get back to you. I mean, I've dealt with this before when I got kicked out of 
private school, uh, my senior year, they told me, oh, look, you can appeal and, you know, you'll go in front of the, the board and see if we can get you let back into school. And I worked really, really hard on my presentation and like why I deserve to stay. And before I even got home, driving home from school, I'm driving home like, oh, that went really well. Before I even get home, my mom calls my cell phone and says, uh, nope, they said you can't come back. So I've learned many times that, yeah, there is an appeal process to an authority just so it's there, but it doesn't do anything. They get what they want, and they want me gone in both cases, and here we are. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that, I mean, it. I don't know if that's an algorithm that's pulling those shows or if it's a, a person, but it seems that it's funny that they're both kind of the same topic. And, those, yeah. and I just don't understand how that can be construed as bullying. It doesn't even make sense. It's like I'm presenting an alternative viewpoint to the mainstream narrative and that's it. Like, how does that single anybody out for anything? Right. It doesn't. It's fucking bullshit. Well, it is bullshit, but their argument would be that it's mean towards the people who lost children in the event if that actually happened you know from their paradigm it did happen and i'm harassing the parents who lost children which is a you know no one wants to do that that would be a really right. shitty thing to do but i would say because this happens all the time conspiracy is largely about death whether it's mass death individual celebrities whatever it is a lot of it is about death and why the death occurred so we have to explore these things and communicate about them and the system is always going to tell you that that's disrespectful. And I completely disagree. If I die in any way, shape or form, I want you to dig deeper. I don't care. Maybe I die of a heart attack and it really was a heart attack. That's fine. I'm not going to be offended from the grave that you looked into it. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm going to be offended if I die in a mysterious car accident in two weeks and no one ever looks into it at all. That's when I'm offended. Yeah. 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 So. It's a weird twisting of language, but they do it to us all the time. Yeah. I mean, and uh, that's some of the negatives that have come out of doing what you do. But, like, you've had a ton of positive shit happen. Like, recently, I saw you doing live stuff with Sam Tripoli, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have had uh, one hell of a ride from this show. It's, it's definitely been somewhat of a lottery ticket for, like, everything I would want in life and I'm completely fulfilled and I've gotten to really kind of act out some of those stand-up comedy dreams by working with Sam because Sam Tripoli prominent comedian I've known uh I've known of him for a long time I was a fan I'd go and pay to see him in LA a few years later he's calling me up to have me on his podcast and now we're doing live shows and I did stand up at uh one of those live shows it was fine got some laughs I mean it's too late for that. You know, it takes years to become seasoned as a comedian, but it was fun to play around with it and, and kind of live that out a little bit and kind of jump forward to a place where you actually, I mean, how many people on their second or third time ever on a comedy stage are selling tickets for people to come see them? You know, that's rare. Yeah. Usually you're doing it for years and years and no one gives a shit at all. So it was kind of fun to like see this is how that life maybe could have gone, but I'm actually very fortunate that i'm doing podcasting because i want my weekends i want my friday and saturday nights yeah so it's a lot to give up for the uh stand-up comedian yeah that's that's a huge commitment and I, I i i know what you mean about wanting your friday and saturday nights man like mm -hmm. as this thing grows and and becomes more like we're doing interviews several times a week and 
you know, it's just an hour, you know, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not a big deal, but there's more to it that goes into it. You got to edit the show. You got to put it together. You got to upload it. You got to be on the social media shit. You got to do all that. Like how has, uh, like personally, how do you balance the, the show and your personal life, man? Just, just from one like dude that's doing this to another guy. Like that's the thing that I'm having a hard time with. Yeah, it can definitely be a lot. I guess a big part of it is is just being efficient and having some kind of system. When I'm not doing the show or researching for the show, like the friends I hang out with on a daily, weekly basis, I mean, they are not into this stuff very much. Wow. Yeah, they're really not. They're really not. I'm the crazy conspiracy guy in the group. And, you know, sometimes (laughs) me and the guys will have a few beers and they'll – They'll say, you know, the system really is fucked. I'm like, I say, yeah, tell me about it. Um, you know, so they know, but they and they and they apologize. They're like, hey, man, I'm sorry I haven't listened to your show. I go, dude, don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. I don't want to talk about I just want to have a good time, you know, because um, I feel like if I'm talking about it, it really is all related to work somewhat. And it's all just it can be an obsession. So I try to compartmentalize fun from conspiracy, because if they've got you stressed out and paranoid and not enjoying your life then they've won and they don't even know your name so whoa you know yeah wow man yeah. that's thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> shit I'll, we need a moment of silence yeah I'm just gonna answer. sit here and digest that for a second yeah I, you know it, when um when you're doing what you do like you start doing it and you're doing your thing and it starts growing, getting bigger and bigger. And I know for myself, like I've had a few guests on the show where I'm like, Oh shit, this is surreal. Like I'm talking to these people that I've been looking up to. Like, these are my heroes that I'm talking to. Is there anybody that you've had on the show that like you were nervous and tripping out before? Like, Oh my God, I can't believe I get to talk to this guy. Well, that happens quite a bit. And, you know, the thing is, the more you digest of a person's work, sometimes the more they feel like a celebrity. So sometimes like reading the book and listening to six other interviews before I interview someone makes me more nervous because now I'm like, whoa, Um, because you just listen to a person and then you feel like they kind of get in that entertainment celebrity type of mindset from your perspective. And it happens all the time where I will interview someone who is highly educated, has written six or seven books on a subject, and I just feel completely inadequate, you know, like unaccomplished by comparison. Because I just respect uh, people who have been able to really forge an expertise, like a Joseph Farrell. Or another one that pops to mind is Dr. Stephen Skinner. I mean, he's decoded and translated old grimoires like more than anyone. I mean, that's a contribution to history. Like, no one else has done that. I think that's a huge deal, and no one's even paying attention to it. Right? You know, no one even cares. But when I interviewed him, I'm just like, dude, I couldn't imagine if my life depended on it translating the Higromantia. Like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like I really, really respect it. And I go overboard because I'm like, on behalf of all the people who don't even know what the hell you're doing, like, congratulations on the success. Like, I don't know. So I definitely – have those moments where I get a little nervous and I feel like these people are heroes, uh, kind of unappreciated heroes. Yeah. So it's not, it's not hard to get nervous talking to some of these people cause they are very smart and that's, what's kind of, uh, 
the catch-22 about conspiracy is everybody thinks these people are ignorant and painting with a broad brush, and we're going into two hours of serious detail on some of these stuff. It's not because there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not making this shit up as we go along. Like, right. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about at the very beginning of this was, you know— I, in in our house i'm the i'm the conspiracy nut guy and luckily mm. like everybody here i have that balance kind of like you you said your friends aren't really into it and like apple for instance when i'll talk to him about conspiracy theories he'll listen to me and then at the end he'll be like yeah but so what what does it matter <laughs> what it doesn't well, and his story they usually start with something all of us can attest to this okay i had this crazy nightmare last night man <laughs> there was these mm. things coming to get me and then it's like yeah yeah you, you get a little too deep sometimes man mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but like my point is like that's like two ends of the spectrum you know hey what does it matter i still gotta take a shit and go to work and i still gotta you know eat and do my thing like what is the the hope of getting the information out there in your mind well i guess i used to have this really grandiose fantasy that once people were educated we would change things and uh i just don't know man you can't take you can't make people go down a journey they don't want to go down or everybody has their own path and their own level of awareness and you kind of need to respect that if someone is in ignorance that's their path and you really can't do much about it so i guess i just want to enjoy life like take chemtrails for example or just geoengineering to use a less polarizing term it is happening i want to know about it i feel like i'm better off knowing the truth but what am I going to do about it? I can't really do anything, stay inside all day. Like it's everywhere. Right. So in some situations you aren't going to be able to fix it, but I still think being knowledgeable is better than being ignorant. And I guess a lot of times you're just kind of coming to peace, coming to terms with the situation. And you know, my buddy Gordon White, who runs rune soup, he wrote a book called the chaos protocols, which is one of my favorites I've read for the show. And it's largely a template for what to do in these chaotic times, in these conspiratorial times, how to cope with all the things going on when you can't change them. And he uses the term become invincible, become invincible. All you have to do is realize that this life isn't your only life and that it doesn't end when this reality ends because you're not going to reel back the conspiracies like they're happening you're not going to stop vaccines and gmos and geoengineering all you can do is kind of rise above it and be like well you know that's the game i'm playing now but if you've taken the right dose of psychedelics if you've done the right meditation practices you know that there's more after this there's life after life and that's really all you can do is become invincible like you can't hurt me because i know that I'm going on. Yeah, and you take yourself out the of the game. Approach. Yeah, yeah. You, you're taking yourself out of the game. And I guess my thing is like, I want to know about all of it, man. I want to know about all of it so that I have the information and can make choices. And right. not to be paranoid. Like you said, I don't want to fucking stay in the house all day. I want to be able to go to a concert and not worry about shit. I want to be able to go camping and hang out with my family and do the shit we do. But... I do want to know if they're spraying shit on our crops. I do want to know if glyphosate is out there and how to avoid it if I can. I want to know about A2 milk. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. 
you you brought up uh, we were listening yesterday to that show about um the gut biome mm-hmm. and one of the things that we s- struggle with in our house with our family is is the um allergies really bad mm. and you said that you had had that problem absolutely you, i had we tell had apple about that yeah i've had bad allergies for years just bad sinus issues and I'm sure it's exacerbated by my diet, by weed smoking. Sometimes after a joint, I'm like, I can just tell like, oh, that didn't help. Yeah. (laughs) But it's not like I'm going to stop. So I had this guy, John Brisson on, who is a, you know, he's been through the ringer. His family has definitely felt the brunt of the medical machine. And because of that, he's been inspired to dig to its deepest depths and really become a master of alternative medicine or food as medicine and just the way the system works and the gut biome which is largely where a lot of our problems are and we really aren't told much about that at all and you know after that interview was over john was like hey man let me give you my survey and we'll try to find a cause for your allergies and he did he asked me a series of questions 20 30 questions about about my allergies, when it flares up, when it doesn't, because there are causes, different causes to different things. And he said, okay, I think I got a protocol for you. I want you to buy this, 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 and this. And he sent me the links on Amazon. Uh, One of them was magnesium malate. It's a a pill. One was, um, the main one is vitamin C powder, like very strong vitamin C powder, more than you're going to get from fruit. So, You uh, mix the powder into some juice, cherry juice, orange juice, whatever. You take your pills, and I did it for maybe three days, and the next day I woke up and I had no allergies, and they were gone for like maybe 10, 15 days straight, which is keeping up with this, and I didn't really do much else. And now I have swings up and down where it gets better, it gets worse, but it's definitely better than it's ever been when I stick to what John had me do. And if you go to that episode, which would be the second time I had John, which was just like a couple of weeks ago, probably the one you just listened to. If you look at the show notes, I included exactly the links to what he told me to buy. Cool. And, you know, granted, everybody is separate and different and maybe your causes are not the same as my causes, but I would at least try it because for, what, 30 bucks to get four different items uh, you and it can, can change you. Maybe change your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard. I heard you say that. That it, you thank the guy. You're like, hey man, thanks for helping me fucking change my life. Yeah. Like, that's that's huge. That, and like I said earlier, doing the show, like it, we've seen this thing happening to all of us. And it, you know, listening to your show, I've noticed you dropping little bit, little hints here and there that you know you've gotten into magic is that is that true it's somewhat true i would say i still have an outsider's perspective i don't want to be some poser who's like oh yeah i'm i'm really into magic like honestly i just feel like i understand the concepts of it a lot more and there have been times where i've attempted ritual i've read some ancient grimoires 
and I find it fascinating. But the problem is, is like magic is really, really hard. People say, Shit. well, if it worked, everybody'd be doing it. No, that's not true. <laughs> so, many, so many things work that people don't do. Exercise works. People don't fucking do it. Right. Like, there are many ways to improve your life that people are too lazy to do. And magic, I'm fully convinced, is one of them. And if you read the grimoires, they you need elaborate tools. Now, some people will say ceremonial magic is kind of a lot of theatrics. It isn't necessary for the ritual to work. That's its own thing. But let's just say if you're going to do magic the way it's described in the grimoires, it's very difficult. You need to because objects carry energy. So when they say you need to get a knife with a sufficient story, it needs to have some kind of po energetic potency to it. Well, how do I get that in the modern world when right. everything is made on an assembly line? How do I find something that has energy or a story behind it? It's difficult just to gather the tools. Then you have to learn the words, which are largely Latin or foreign. Uh, like the names are completely not the kind of things that roll off the tongue. And then in some cases, you make the magical circle. You try to call an entity. And in the grimoires, it'll say that they did this like eight hours a night for three or four nights before they made contact. Who's doing that in 2018? No, man. You know I want it. I want that shit now. <laughs> so it's like, don't tell me it doesn't work unless you're going to do it. And uh, when Dr. Stephen Skinner was on, he equated it to chemistry. Like, it is a science. Nobody's doing chemistry in their backyard because it's fucking hard. Yeah. You're going to get all this stuff. Like, magic is the same way. It just has a different result. Instead of mixing chemicals together to get something more useful, you're connecting with a spirit entity to get some kind of... Uh, maybe insight or partnership or something. And I don't think it all has to be negative. It very much can be, but I don't think magic is evil. I think just in today's world, only evil people are the ones really utilizing it. Well, yeah. Fucking rain can be evil in the right yeah. situation. Shit. You know, yeah. It Water can, can uh, facilitate or end your life pretty yeah, quickly. Totally. And it, what you're saying, like uh, I've studied magic and I, I'm not, I'm no grand wizard or anything, but like I've been into magic since 2004, you know, mm -hmm. and what you're saying, you like hit the nail on the head. It's so fucking hard. It's mm -hmm. so convoluted and contrived and involved that it, it makes it unapproachable almost mm -hmm. to, to, to just the nth degree. And I recently read, you know, who Jason Louv is, Oh yeah, he's an upcoming guest. Yeah, Jason's Jason wrote a book called The Psychic Bible. And if you, this is just a recommendation for you personally, if you're interested in magic and you want it like broken down in really clear, concise, easy to understand terms and with uh techniques and things that you can use that apply to living in today's world as opposed to Elizabethan era stuff. That's the book. Like Genesis Peorage broke it down in such a really clear, cool way. And for me, like I said, I've been on and off into it for a long time. That book 
is changing the way mm. that I look at magic completely and, that's awesome. and, and making it more personal for me. So that's just something you could check out. And Jason's awesome, man. Like you'll, you're going to have a blast talking to him. Well, I know he has his newest book is on John D specifically. And yeah. I think that's going to be the main topic of conversation, but I heard him on rune soup with Gordon white and it was a really fascinating conversation. I'm psyched to have that insight and then be able to have my own conversation with him and, have him dig deeper on a few of the things he said. I was like, Oh my God, like, wow. So yeah, I definitely think he's going to be a good guest. And another point about magic is so much of it is not only difficulty in the way I describe it, also timing. Uh, And I think that's why our calendar is messed up. Our calendar was created by authorities to kind of put us off the, uh, the equilibrium or the rhythm of the natural world, I would say, because a lot of it has to do with the equinox and the solstice and right. uh, the lunar calendar. And so if you really want to do your magic right, you need to learn about astrology. You need to learn about uh, basically the, the path of the moon. You need to learn about the energies associated with these things. And then you need to look up like a lunarium. You need to look up like a farmer's almanac and where the moon phases are and what energies are in the sky. And then you need to like map out your life according to that. And and that, I think, really will help. But again, it's very difficult. Like every time I start a new month, I'm like, okay, when I book my shows this month, I'm going to look on the calendar. Is Mercury in retrograde? Whoa. Is this going on? Like, because you you can have better interviews. You can literally have a better conversation by knowing when to have it. And that's very strange. People think that's, you know, bullshit, but it's I've seen it happen. So that's just another element of it, the timing and. And to even know the right timing, you need so much context about the planets and their energies and all that stuff. But and also which entities are associated with which hours, because I think maybe the spirit world is another dimension and it's overlay with ours. Right. Happens at specific moments and specific geographical locations. And I don't think it's easy for these energies or these spirits to like even penetrate our world and so when we call them that you have to call them right and at the right time for them to even be able to muster up a presence and that's kind of how i interpret it well yeah i have to know your phone number and you have to be (laughs) holding your cell phone for me to get a hold of you absolutely yeah if it's sitting in the bathroom under the counter and you're in the shower it's not going to happen i I, that's a trip man i never even thought of that like (laughs) applying it to to doing what we're doing I never that never even crossed my mind. I, so well, it seems like we picked a good time to interview you this morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, hell yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like when we cho- talked to John Kadlicek, we he was talking about Raja, Raja Yoga mm-hmm. and Raga, and they would sing their songs and and do their mantras at certain times of the day because they found that it's those Villa. yeah that those things worked better at certain times and there was certain mantras for certain hours of the day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it stands to reason that that's, that's a real thing. And I mean, I think that's the mistake that a lot of people make is just because it's not a clearly visible thing. You can't see it with your eyes that they discount it and think it's, it's not like real. We see with our eyes, we discount sometimes. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So, Greg, I'm. What's the like? If 
you had a magic wand. What? What? Uh, what's the goal for Higher Side Chats? Like, if you could do anything with the show, what's what's the thing? Man, I think about that quite a bit. Uh, obviously, when you're in this position, the easiest path is just growth. Just make the project that you're already doing grow more, and that is one of the biggest challenges because. When you get a larger audience, you start hearing more feedback, and then you have a hard time really rationalizing, okay, this piece of feedback, does it represent one person, 100 people, 1,000 people? How many people feel this way? So it, it gets harder the more you grow, I think, uh, because you just have so many people throwing things at you, and you're trying to just keep doing what you're doing. But I've, you know, I've had a few TV producers contact me about the potential for doing some kind of show. And obviously, I know there are red flags with that. And I don't think a conspiracy show on traditional media has ever made a person look good. But at the same time, I'm down for the ride and it's something to knock off the bucket list. So there's potential for that to happen. I don't know. I'm really just seeing what comes, making my sigils and trying to attract the best stuff I can. Fuck yeah, man. That's okay. Good answer, brother. (laughs) Cool. Right on. So before we go... um, where can everybody find you at? Well, the website is thehiresidechats.com. Of course, the way I do the show is the first hour is free and out there, and the second hour is for paid subscribers. I That's try to keep cool. it low. It's five bucks um, to get five shows a month that are longer. And I think that that's – look, we live in a capitalist society. You have to figure out a way to do it. There's only two ways. One is the way I do it. The other way is – advertising and i'm not gonna try to ask people to just buy some me undies to support me that has nothing to do with me that's a totally separate business why are we bringing that stuff in hey if you want to support my podcast go buy some blue apron like what does that mean or go to legal zoom it's just stupid so i say if you want to support my show support my show and if you support my show you're gonna get twice as much Oh my so. gosh, Greg, thank you so much. I, like, I didn't even know that that was a question that I had, but you just gave me an answer. Like, I I really, 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 like another really, have a hard time with, like, I don't know, taking money from, like, exactly what you said, bullshit that I don't care about, that has nothing to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Like, if you like us, then like you said, then support us. Like, I don't need you to go to Chili's and <laughs> like, you know, get a 20 percent off coupon. Like, what are we really seeing from that? We're, we're putting ourselves in another corporate environment that we're trying to work ourselves out of. Right. And just like we we were on um, the Psychedelic Milk podcast a while back um, with Ed Lou and like right in the middle of the conversation, you know, he like, you know, said, OK, so now if you want to listen to the rest of the episode, you know, it's for his Patreon or whatever. Sign up. Yeah. And I one of uh, maybe a guest or, <clears throat> or two of ours um, kind of got a little bit upset about that, um, you know, like what well, cut you off right in the middle of a sentence. But I really started to kind of like mill it around in my head and really think about that. And I really appreciated it. Like, you know, he's putting out this great information. And, and if you were so hooked on it and then you were that you were upset that it stopped, then fucking pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, listen to it, hear it like. So I don't know. I just like you saying that just really is like directly supporting you. And 
kudos. Like, how did you even come up with that way of of like figuring it out? That model. That yeah. Oh, that, man. I did a lot of models first. I did the traditional, let's just try to get by on subscriptions, or I'm sorry, try to get by on donations. And then I did something a little funky that I haven't really seen anyone else do, which was I started doing something I called the money bomb, where I would take half the donations I got and gift that back to one random listener. And so, you know, people are sending me five bucks here, five bucks there amongst thousands of people. On a monthly basis, I was giving away hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars to one listener and then I would have them talk for a few minutes on the show about what they were going to use the money for. Some people are paying off student loans. Some people are making their kid happy for their birthday when they didn't know what they were going to do. And it was just really badass. But then I just thought, you know, this is kind of like an internet raffle and I don't want to get in trouble with the gaming commission or this or that. So I nixed that, even though I really did love it in principle, I just think it could attract unwanted attention um, and now mm-hmm. I just do the, the sign up model. I'm not the first one to do it. So it was out there, but I just think it's the best way for our situation. It's like you, you donate five bucks, you get twice as much show of the exact show that you're wanting to hear. So you don't have to do involve anyone else. <laughs> and it's like, we all get paid for our work. You know, a lot of people say it's kind of bullshit that you're making money off conspiracy. And it's like, is it better that I was making money off GameStop and selling addictive electronics to children is that better oh shit you know like we're all paying our rent somehow i am very comfortable with the way i pay my rent now by presenting people with information that i think is valuable as you should as you should be man yeah and (laughs) i'll tell you it if you think about it i've i've had a hard time reconciling the whole thing in my head too like i still to this day feel kind of funny about like doing a patreon rap and and all that but i understand intellectually that it's necessary to do what we do and to get where we want to go and we do live in a capitalist society and it's the way things are i get it but you just said that and i was thinking like you know what he's fucking right like people will pay 10 bucks a month for netflix and fill their head with trash Mm -hmm. why not pay five bucks a month and get something that is going to entertain you on more than one level i don't know i mm-hmm. yeah thank you for that man and yeah. and from all of us seriously brother thanks for what you do because i know i get fed from it i you know when i'm sitting in in at work at, at my fucking keyboard at the cubicle <laughs> like you help me come out and you remind me of what i'm doing and and you remind me of the mission that i'm on and the the overarching goal and you help me to like fill my day and my head with something other than where i'm at and thanks man i appreciate that a lot right on glad to be of assistance thanks for listening and thanks for having me here today yeah i I gotta add to like aaron said i I, you know i don't listen to a lot my mind's opened all the conspiracy stuff but like you kind of mentioned a lot of the shows with with yours i appreciate first of all you got a great voice you're engaging (laughs) you're kind of hyper but not too much about the subjects you can tell you're seriously interested the Mm -hmm. way you present it like aaron said with the questions and like okay on to the next thing you're just very approachable for somebody like me that sometimes is like, Aaron, I don't want to listen to that show or something. <laughs> so I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a newbie to your show and I'm going to go back and listen to a lot. And especially like the doctor one with the allergies stuff. I mean, you just seem to be presenting stuff that 
is very helpful and you don't have any weird spin or anything on it <laughs> and you're very excited about it so thank you from me <laughs> right on i appreciate that all right greg we'll let you get to your day i know that you got plans this afternoon brother and yes. i just thank you man thank you so much for coming on the show and we'll let you know when it's going to drop and all that and i'll have links to all your stuff in the show notes one last thing i wanted to ask you before we go i almost forgot you have some of the fucking coolest designs for your shirts. <laughs> Where does that uh, come from? Is that you? Well, I'm not an artist, so I will say that. But <clears throat> the T-shirts, they've gone through a few different phases. But right now it's called the Higher Side Clothing. It's another website you can go to. And the shirts now are basically derived from particular episodes. So I'll wow. take an episode that I thought was really interesting and I've got a few good artists in my Rolodex, and I will contact one of them and say, hey, uh, so we did this episode. Luckily, the two that I've worked with the most most recently are fans of the show, so they're listening to these episodes too. So I'll be like, hey, this episode we talked about the Knights Templar worshiping Baphomet, and that's how they derive their money magic. And so how about we come up with a design where it's the Knights Templar bowing down to Baphomet inside the framework of the dollar bill, you know, that oval framework. Mm -hmm. And he, the, the dude is just amazing. These mm -hmm. artists are so great. I mean, I can't even take credit for it because it's not my work necessarily. I'm just coming up with the concept and they're executing it to uh, really great levels. And so I'm super happy about the art that's on those shirts. I think they are some of the deepest, most like there's so many layers to the details in a lot of this art. Some of the stuff I didn't even come up with, like, uh, for example, there's one about Disney and it says, we own your imagination. And it's kind yeah, of a dark with Mickey. Mickey Mouse thing, yeah. spiral, like the hypnotist spirals and stuff. And in there, I was like, hey, how about we put some monarch butterflies? Because that's an element of the whole mind control thing. And not only did he put in butterflies, but in the wings of the butterfly, the colors spell CIA. And I was like, now that's you. You, That's you. And so Whoa. some of this stuff is amazing. And so I really like the shirts. I try to make them. I try to do everything with quality, even though yeah. I don't do a lot, whether it's the show or the shirts. I just wanted to be high quality because the conspiracy world has always had a problem with quality and matching the mainstream quality. Yeah. And, and that's what turns a lot of people off. So I do what I can. Thanks for the, uh, you know, the kind words about everything. Obviously, this has been a good time because it's very complimentary to me. So I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, I've had a great time. Right on, man. Um, All right. Yeah, so thanks for saying that about the shirts, too. Yeah, man. All right. Well, Thanks, go enjoy your day. On. Yeah, thank you, Greg. <laughs> you too, guys. Have a good day. We'll talk, man. Take care, brother. Peace. That was Greg Carlwood, everybody. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. You know, it, it's a trip when talk to somebody that's passionate about what they do like that. It's fucking rad. And it, yeah. it's it's it helps me like <clears throat> Talking to somebody like that, and I don't know if it's just because he's a podcaster too, or you just brought it up to me just recently. I've heard you talk about him before, but like I said to him, that he's very engaging. He has like a like a thirst for the knowledge, yeah. but he isn't overbearing. He's not pushing anything on. That's a he's smart just, guy too, man. It, yeah, yeah, he's wow. very into what he's talking about all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep, and. The whole model of how he's handling the financial end of his show. I appreciate that, man, a lot. I really do. Like, we haven't taken sponsors on this show yet. And I don't know. That's up in the air. 
at this point. Yeah, some of this brought up is very poignant to yeah. what we're doing and going through right now. So yeah, that's uh, something that's going to have to be discussed, and you know, we'll see what happens down the road. But Greg, man, thank you for coming on the show. It was a an honor and a pleasure to have early morning Sunday coffee with you, man. And I appreciate it a whole bunch. So everybody out there, follow us on Instagram at No Simple Road. Head over to the website, nosimpleroad.com. That's where you can grab your shirts. Uh, there's still some smalls left and there's stickers up there. The Amazon link is down at the bottom of the page. Uh, if you want to sign up for the newsletter, you can click on the family tab and throw in your email. We don't share your fucking information with anybody. It just goes to us on a, some like Google Doc on our drive, and that's the only place it'll ever live. Um, and hashtag your posts on Instagram with hashtag no simple road, and they will show up on the family tab as well. And we get to see each other, and it's cool. And you guys get to wave and show your delicious pizza and your knitted beanies and your cool saucy running shoes or whatever you're doing cats. dogs and take cats a picture of a squirrel pictures of squirrels i take pictures of like roadkill a lot i should start put it those up we all enjoy a good woodpecker yeah yeah yeah, yeah. woodpecker right. yeah <laughs> and then also patreon.com forward slash no simple road i mean after talking to greg just now guys you know what's up you know why we're doing what we do and making that leap to supporting the show is what keeps us going and we love you guys that have signed up and thank you so much and you have our gratitude and our thanks and those of you that are out there on the fence just think of it like this man i mean you'll pay 14.99 a month for netflix or you'll pay you know two bucks for more space on your google drive if you're listening a few times a week you know throw us a buck a month that's a quarter a show and that helps us keep the train rolling down the tracks you know somebody recently decreased their patreon um donation with us and sent like kind of an apology along with it and there's no need for that man like you don't have to feel bad about fuck we're all living like life gets tough if you gotta drop off for a while drop off and then come back when you can or don't you know either way it's that's there's no like it's gonna come from somewhere yeah someone else may have it that month you know what i mean and that's mm -hmm. that's what's important is to just do what you feel led to do and you don't even need to think about it in comparison to anything else like you know you're paying x amount for this service just think like this is cool I want to donate to it. I want to buy it today. I want to buy it this month. I want to support it this month. That's the really way to look at it. Just kind of don't ever have any static with it. Yeah. And no, a dollar is not going to make or break the show. But all of you guys out there coming together with us and giving those cute dollars, <laughs> it it does make the difference for us. And you guys ever play light as a feather, stiff as a board? Yeah. As a kid, where everyone lifts each yeah. other up with two fingers. There you go. So I'll lift the show up with a finger. With a cute $1, $1. finger. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's it. Patreon.com forward slash No Simple Road. Support the family, guys. And we'll keep doing our thing and supporting you. And we love you. Go out there and share a smile with a stranger. <clears throat> Give somebody a hug. Listen to some good music. Drink good coffee. Smoke good weed. Tell someone I love you. And tell somebody I, you love them. Yeah. Do that. No, tell someone I love you. Tell somebody that Ryder loves you. Yes. Ryder loves I, you. I do love all of you. Aw. All right. Aww. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you next week with another fun-filled, glorious episode. 
for vibrations in your ear holes. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Greg Carlwood. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. tell you about the April May 2023 issue of Relics magazine features a Dave Matthews band cover story with additional articles and interviews with the National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks Relics. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Weiland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.